0: Welcome to the York County Economic Alliance podcast series. I'm your host, Jason McSherry, and today I'm joined by Bruce Newell, President and CEO of Mantech. Bruce, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Well, first off, I just want to say congratulations on recently being named President and CEO for Mantech. I believe you've been in the role you started at the end of last year, 2020. Is that right? Uh, Officially started uh, December 1st of last year.
1: So that is correct,
0: So how have the first couple months on the job been? <laughs> uh,
1: the fire hose has been turned on and open since day one, uh, so I think that's how a lot of people experience a uh, new challenge, new jobs, so it's been uh, very busy but very rewarding
0: as well I'm glad to hear that, so um, welcome again to to mantech and to to York as well. Um, you know, before we probably get into some of that, I, I actually was hoping that you could just take a couple of minutes and talk a little bit about Mantech. Uh, I know there's probably a lot of people in our community that are familiar with the organization and with the, with the acronym and the name, but may, might not really know a lot about what Mantech does. So would you be able to tell us just a little bit more about what your organization does? Absolutely. Uh, so Mantech is a
1: not-for-profit advising firm that supports small to mid-sized manufacturers across nine counties in South Central PA. Uh, Adams, Cumberland, Dolphin, Franklin, Fulton, Lancaster, Lebanon, Perry, and York. So we cover that geographic area. Um, so our mission, is acceler- our mission statement is accelerate manufacturing excellence. Uh, so our role is to work with the small to medium-sized manufacturers, and we provide advising and resources and workforce engagement sales and marketing uh, process improvement and manufacturing technology. And what we're looking to do is provide them the the tools uh, and the systems to compete on a worldwide basis. Um, ManTech itself is a member of the IRC network, which is a statewide affiliate of uh, groups like ours. There's seven of them across the Commonwealth. uh, And we're part of a national network, the Manufacturing Extension Partnership or MEP. So we have resources at a local state and national level uh, that we can leverage to bring in and help small to medium sized manufacturers. Um, so our, our focus is kind of the one man shop up to the 500 per 500 employee firm. That's really where we make the most
0: impact. And so well suited in this in this region, uh, South Central Pennsylvania has a rich history of manufacturing and a very strong industry to this day. So. Uh, I'm sure that many of the, the firms that we all have come to know in our community have all benefited from from the work of Mantech.
1: If they have not, we would
0: like them to. <laughs> <That is laughs> there we sure. go. <laughs> well, speaking of manufacturing, though, uh, you definitely have your fair share of experience in the manufacturing environment um, I believe I saw that you have 25 years of industry experience, uh, including as co owner of your own business in Irwin, Pennsylvania. Um, wondering if you could take a couple minutes to tell us a little bit about your background and your career and what brought you to ManTech. Sure. So
1: I'll give you the snapshot. Um, so I started out in accounting and finance. I have an undergraduate degree in accounting and finance. Uh, and my dream job was to work for. Big Six accounting, which was then Big Six. I don't know what they're down to now. Um, And so I landed my quote-unquote dream job right out of college. I went to IUP, so I'm a product of the the state system here. And I started at Deloitte and Touche in 1993. Um, But I had grown up in a family machine shop, uh, very small operation. So that is where I spent a lot of weekends and summers as a kid, a high schooler, and throughout college. And so I had this dream job that in very short order, I realized I really missed making stuff. Um, so after a short stint, um, just under two years at Deloitte, I left there and entered into this small little family machine shop with no idea how I was even going to get a paycheck, but I really wanted to start making things again. And, um, so that's, that was 1994 at the end of 1994. So I've been in manufacturing since basically actually it was December 1st, 1994. So to the day, um, Some some number of years between this leaving accounting, starting manufacturing, and then moving to Mantec, Um, and work through work and effort. And in that small machine shop, we built that from a three-person operation. I think we were at about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in sales. Um, Got that up to about four million in sales at one point with a pretty good group. I don't remember the exact employee count. Uh, And somewhere along the way, we were making a bunch of parts for a specific customer, they were putting them together. Um, I'll be polite, it wasn't going together well and we couldn't find anything wrong with the parts. And so I said, I think we should put these things together. And so I opened up a business and the original concept was to save them in the machine shop and just put together parts for a customer. And after about a year realized, you know, we're pretty good at this. Um, And we were building mechanical assemblies and so we start, st- decided to try to grow that business and branch it out and diversify it. And somewhere along that journey, I ended up in a medical device company and I had a buying manager, purchasing manager say, hey, can you make uh, wire harnesses? And I said, absolutely. And I'd never made a wire harness in my life. So uh, we actually got a purchase order for some prototypes and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to build them and uh, we got some orders. And within one year, that was our largest customer. And so we ended up quickly diversifying and ended up from mechanical assemblies to wire harnesses for medical control devices. It was uh, it was quite a, a quick pivot. Um, and we then built that customer base. So that little startup that had eight people and it was a captive business, um, that was also running between about 3 million in sales. Um, and we were growing and diversifying, and I was actually on a sales call and met what what was my now former partner and we quickly realized there wasn't anything my company could do for his company but three days later he called me and said hey i've been looking for someone that can do electrical i've been doing metal and i think there's a place in the market to put these two things together two weeks later we had an llc started and a business started uh, and that was ami which is the the last business i was involved in and we built that on a shoestring with literally no employees. No orders, no product, and an idea, um, and built that to close to 5 million in sales and 30 employees servicing uh, OEMs all over the East Coast. Um, Companies like Mitsubishi, Siemens, Duquesne Light, um, Range Resources. So yeah, it's been quite a a journey. So I kind of was the Mantec client. I would would have absolutely fit the profile of the Mantec client. Um, so I, I've been a part of building three businesses um, and I was just ready for something new. Uh, when we, when he and I started that business, we had made it a goal to build it that it didn't need us. And we spent a decade of, of sweat equity and hard work building a great team and got to the point that it didn't require our day-to-day nurturing. And I found myself uh, with idle time and capacity and I like to work. So I said, well, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to start a new chapter. And that, that's kind of, that's where the, the man tech kind of
0: comes into the picture. That is an amazing journey. I mean, uh, most of us can't even imagine being able to successfully ramp up one business uh, to the scale that you did, but to do it three times is just, that's so impressive. Um, congratulations. um Amazing stuff. and that. then
1: It's hard work and a little bit of luck, a little bit of hard work, uh, some good customers and good people. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, I guess when you're just doing it, you don't think much about it. You know, you're just kind of involved in the grind and, and the effort and the the fun of it. And so you don't really step back and
0: put any perspective on it. Well, they always say that if you love what you're doing, you're, you never work a day in your life. And it sounds like that was the, the exact case there. That is true. That is absolutely true. And then hearing that, I mean, the absolutely phenomenal piece is that you're bringing that kind of experience into Mantech and into South Central Pennsylvania. Um, I'm I'm curious, though, like you were saying that basically you were a Mantech client, but you weren't in that nine county radius area where you were located. So how did you how did you hear of Mantech or how did the uh, how did you find out about the opportunity to come come here to York?
1: So when I started thinking about looking for something new, I was in a great position. I had a great gig uh, with a company doing well. So I I was in no position of need. And so I was looking for something that would be unique, I thought would fit my skill set and would be a challenge. Um, I really only had three places I was willing to look and Southwestern PA would have been one of them. Obviously, I'm I'm from the Pittsburgh area and have spent most of my life there. Um, South Central PA was actually one of them, and Hawaii was the third, but that was a little bit of a pipe dream. But hey, if you're going to dream, Jason, you might as well dream big, right? <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> That's a pretty good place to dream about, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I have, had, I have uh, some friends, actually, in new York, and so I had been here a few times, and in one of my roles within my last company, one of my, uh, one of my jobs was business development and bringing in new customers. And I'd actually spent a little bit of time in this area uh, trying to mine and find new customers here. And so I had a little bit of exposure to to some names out here um, and I really liked the area. So that was kind of the only three geographic places I was willing to even look. Um, And I actually ran into the Mantech opening on LinkedIn and it had the right title. I mean, I was looking for something to lead an organization Uh, It was in South Central PA. And so from that standpoint, before I even really knew what they were, it, it fit to the criteria. And I honestly threw my name into that ring. And uh, when there started, when there was a callback, I really sunk my teeth into, okay, who are they? What is this all about? And the more I got into it, the more intrigued I was by the prospect. Um, You know, the, the opportunity to theoretically leverage 25 years of manufacturing experience across potentially 3,000 manufacturers in an area is really exciting to me. So I, their mission spoke to my entire life and it seemed like a really great next chapter to take some of that usable knowledge and apply it to other people's businesses and see you know, could, could Mantec and, and my portion and in, in input in Mantec, help many manufacturers across an area in the commonwealth and so um by the time we got into it it was really an an opportunity that i was looking forward to Uh, i I just think manufacturing's it's where all the innovation comes from it's um i mean tech and manufacturing and sometimes they go hand in hand but there's so much innovation there's so many great jobs um it's been the lifeblood of the area in the country for so long and that's an economic driver so um I was yeah, it just really spoke to me, and I was very fortunate to uh get through a process and and actually be offered the opportunity so that's how I ended up in all places here.
0: Well, I know it's not quite Hawaii, but we're definitely <laughs> glad that you're, that you're here in york so
1: it it is sunnier than southwestern p a uh, there's <laughs> actually a lot more sun here than there is there, so we'll call it splitting the difference and and
0: yeah, and <laughs> leave absolutely. <it> at that. <laughs> But I know you 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 mentioned here that it was one of your locations that you were kind of most intrigued about. And, um, you know, South Central Pennsylvania does have a rich history of manufacturing in this in our region here. So I was wondering, as, as you've kind of been diving into your new role, how, how do you see the manufacturing industry here in South Central Pennsylvania compared to other regions across the state or across the country or even around the world? So it's, Manufacturing is in the DNA
1: here. Um, well, it is in the Commonwealth and it is in South Central PA. I mean, it's just part of the fabric. Um, you know, I know in a in a podcast or, or an audio, statistics can get a little hard to follow. But I think some st- some statistics here would would shed some light. Um, the GDP of Pennsylvania is about eight hundred billion dollars, which makes it the sixth largest state in the country. And if you looked at it on a worldwide basis, Pennsylvania would be the 18th largest country in the world by GDP. So when you think about that, that's significant. And so of that GDP, we have 67 counties in Pennsylvania, 47 of them, manufacturing is one of the top three sectors of the output. And here in Mantex region, six of the nine counties, manufacturing is the number one sector for their GDP and their economy. So when you talk about embedded in the history and fabric, it's not just history; it's it's current. I mean, it is still the driving force. You know, on a on a nationwide basis, about eight and a half percent of the workforce is manufacturing. On the statewide basis, it's about ten and a half percent. South Central PA is closer to fifteen percent, uh, and it's providing over twenty percent of the wages. And and that speaks to that. You know, my comment about them driving everything. You know, wages always outpace percentage of uh, workforce in in, uh, manufacturing. I mean, they are family sustaining jobs in this sector. But yeah, as an area, I mean, it is, I mean, we are driving substantial GDP uh, in the Commonwealth and in
0: the nine county region of Mantec. You know, that's amazing. I don't think I realized quite how large the impact was of manufacturing here in South Central Pennsylvania or even just in Pennsylvania in general. Um, I've never heard that the GDP of Pennsylvania would rank us as the 18th largest country in the world. And that's that's just mind blowing. Yeah, um, it's you know, we, we kind of step back and
1: it, it, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about it on that kind of scale. Uh, but that's where we would fall. And it's it's pretty amazing when you think about it. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and sixth in the nation, I mean, there's just not many states across the country that out produce Pennsylvania. Wow.
0: Um, you know, I'm going to roll right with that, though. I We may be up there on that type of a scale, but I know that manufacturing has changed a lot over the years and there has been various other forms of competition, uh, whether it be domestically or internationally, um, you know, just challenges with the way that um, manufacturing is done today and I was just wondering if you might be able to talk about what are some of the obstacles that manufacturing industry faces today uh, versus, you know, maybe 50 or 100 years ago and, and how they are continuing to try to adapt to maintain those rankings where we are, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's no doubt, uh, you know, I mentioned that, you know, U.S. employment was eight and a half percent manufacturing. Um, and in Pennsylvania, it's 11 and a half percent of the total output. Of the Or I'm sorry. As, as a nationwide, it's 11.5 percent of the total output, not the state. So it's it's significant nationwide. But that output is actually increased over the last 10 years by 35 percent. So as as many challenges as manufacturing f- manufacturers face, um, it's shown the sector has shown tremendous resiliency over time. Um, and I think you've seen it just this past year with COVID. Um, I mean, and I certainly don't want to spend a ton of time on COVID. We've all lived it. And <laughs> you know, I think we're all a little tired of, of reliving it. But, you know, manufacturing is kind of, I mean, how many firms, Mantec had many firms we worked with that pivoted their entire production to PPE almost overnight uh, to, to start to provide, you know, to the marketplace so we could, you know, get to work. Um, so that resiliency and that ad- adaptability that manufacturers have shown, I think they continue to, to show it. So I have faith then the sector will long-term be okay because of the resiliency, but there is no doubt there's challenges that, that are faced. And and I think if you go out and talk to manufacturers, you'll hear the same stories and it's, it, you know, if you're going to break it down into two buckets, it's skilled labor, uh, and it's productivity and those two things uh, everywhere you go, it's hard to find people. Uh, it's hard to find skilled people. Um, you know, and there's actually a company, uh, Othought, they just did a, they're, I believe a data analytics firm. They just did a, a study and it was really aimed at universities, um, but it fits here because university age students are also workforce entry age, you know, folks. And that entire demographic between 2025 and 2029 is gonna drop by 15%. So not only are we struggling to find skilled workers, the entire pool of those young available workers is going to be shrinking. Um, so it, those challenges are, are going to continue. Um, from the mantech side, you know, we work with partners and um, both workforce and educational institutions constantly trying to uh, drive programs and opportunities for people to get into either into manufacturing or within manufacturers to get them upskilled to the higher levels of, of skill sets. I mean, it's it's one of our it's one of our core offerings is workforce engagement. Um, so it's it is a constant challenge. There is no doubt about that. Um, companies are are very um, they a lot of ingenuity in trying to find ways to keep get people trained, find people. Uh, it, but it is a challenge. Labor is a huge challenge, and it's going to continue to be. Um, on the productivity side, I mean, productivity ultimately drives wages. So the more productive we can be, the the better the earnings within the sector. Um, So, you know, maintaining and investing in technology to help productivity in trainings, um, you know, making, you know, if you can't find the people you have to make the people you have more efficient uh, to keep going forward. So it's kind of a two pronged approach that businesses are always looking at is how can we find more people and the people we have, how do we make them higher skilled, but how do we make them more productive in case we can't find them? Uh, and, you know, so the good news for Mantec is those needs fit right into what we do and our mission and some of the things we provide. Um, the, the tougher side of it is is unlocking the solutions, you know, for everybody because some, some of it is demographics and that's a challenge.
0: That's a, a, an interesting point that you're talking about from the workforce side and from the education side and skill set side um, you know, we, we hear that a lot in with the economic alliance with workforce development as, as a key area to drive the economy in our region here. But manufacturing is very much on that same scale um, because it's not what you think of when you used to think of manufacturing, you know, with something coming down the conveyor belt and you're picking it up. I mean, it is it has evolved so much and I mean, continues to change every day. So I can only imagine the skills that are required by manufacturers to continue to remain competitive.
1: Oh, absolutely. These, these jobs are high tech. Um, You know, the, you know, people, there's still this, this, um, I'm trying to think of the right words to say here, the perception, this perception of, you know, dirty jobs or manufacturing jobs are dirty hard jobs. And, you know, if you go into the average manufacturing plant, they're clean, you know, these are not dirty jobs and, and they're high tech jobs, they're challenging jobs, they're stimulating jobs, and they're, they're careers and jobs of making really important things um, that we all need, use, and value. Uh, it was one of the things I always try, tried to um, relay to employees at my other businesses. You know, we were making, making things that went in the power grid, medical devices. You know, to stress the importance, like, look, what we do here is really important. You know, we all really like when we flip the light switch and the lights turn on. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good feeling. Well, you know, somewhere down that value stream, manufacturers are a big part of making that happen. And, there's, you know, you can't find, I mean, even if you think of technology, I'm staring at an iPad on my desk. Well, you know, it's still a manufactured product, right? I mean, there's all kind of cool software and firmware and tech, but someone also designed that glass and, manufactures that glass and it manufactures the chips. I mean, so these are really stimulating great jobs. And so we we just got to keep preaching that message with our partners and educational institutions about these opportunities. Um, and when they're the right fit for people, you know, they're, they're great careers. Um, and hopefully we can keep, keep making it an attractive sector to, for people who want to set up shop in.
0: You're absolutely right. Uh, the, the manufacturing here is is not what you think of it anymore. And you know, when I started my career out, I spent a few years working in food manufacturing. I worked at a coffee manufacturer and I, I actually roasted coffee, but it's not like you would think of where you're standing in front of a roaster or anything like that. We were in a little control room uh, looking yep. at computers the entire time. So um, it, is, it is a lot different than what you think of when you think of what manufacturing is like today. Um, and speaking of which, you mentioned how it is a good career. Wages for manufacturing um, are definitely something that I don't think people realize how lucrative of a career manufacturing is. Absolutely.
1: Um, well, I mean, so we, again, South Central PA, our nine counties, fifteen percent of the employment, over twenty percent of the wages. I mean, it's you know you can see that that's the simplest stat to see that uh, direct correlation. Uh, you know i I know the the average um, salary in the manufacturing sector i mean it it you know like all statistics depends on exactly what population you're you're grabbing but well over sixty thousand dollars a year i've seen it as high on a nationwide basis as eighty four thousand dollars a year i mean and you know that's substantially above well, median incomes in the country so yeah these are these are family sustaining jobs these um, and almost always with potential and growth potential in them. I mean, they're, they are I think if you talk to a manufacturer and you you said, point me to the dead end job in your facility, he would just tell you to leave because there isn't one. I mean, there, you know, you know, he or she would say no way. I mean, every one of these jobs, you, you come in, you work hard, you do well, you learn new skills, you're going to get more responsibility for more opportunities. Um, you know, and, and even if you take that and move to a different organization, you're gonna take those things with you. And so, yeah, these are these are kind of limitless jobs in my mind. And, um, you know, I've seen it even in my own businesses. I've seen it in manufacturers that, that Mantec um, helps out and works with. So yeah, these are, uh, they're, they're not just jobs. They're
0: great jobs. <laughs> and that, that can sometimes be a challenge. I think uh, as you're talking about uh, a younger generation that's coming out into the workforce and and we we're, we're slowly starting to evolve our training programs and our schooling programs to to provide those skill sets that you can walk right into this type of a manufacturing role and you're right you could pick up even additional skill sets that is going to make make someone basically super desirable and have the most stable career that you can probably imagine at this point
1: absolutely i was um in addition to my manufacturing experience, I spent over a decade on a school board as an elected member of a school board. And you know, the the push is get every kid into a four year college. Um, you know, I went to a four year college. I have two daughters in you know college, so I'm not an anti college guy. But I would always ask the question, you know, do we follow up? Like, how many of our kids have a degree in five or four or five or six years? Uh, and you know, the reality was the metrics for the schools, they don't care about that. They care about reporting how many kids get in. And so it's a, it's like a misaligned metric as well, you know, incentive as well. Because I've seen so many kids not ready for college or really smart, but you know, they're just interested in tech or, or STEM type things, but they're not interested in literature and some other stuff. And and all those things are great, but there's a lot of people that could probably find a different path uh, that are just told there's one path. And if you're only told there's one path, it's the only place you're ever gonna look. And so, um, you know, so I think it's, you know, our job, I mean, I felt it was my job on a school board to try to just get people to just understand the, the sector, uh, you, know, you know, have a guidance counselor leave the, the building and go out to local businesses, go out to some local manufacturers, see what's out there. I mean, if you don't know, you don't know how to communicate it. Um, so a, a lot of this is is exposure and information that we just need to you know c- keep you know preaching that truth to uh, you know the folks out there um, and you know hopefully the kids will come and it's not even just the kid from high school not going to college. I mean if you go into a university and go into a chemistry department and start talking to kids about manufacturing, they'll look at you glazed over I mean because no one's telling them about the transition from that chemistry degree or that biology degree or that you know if it's even engineering to some extent it's like hey look there's a whole huge sector with great opportunities and great salaries waiting for you um and so even at the college level in some of these highly desirable desired fields i just don't think there's enough exposure from the academic community to what manufacturing really is and the opportunities it provides um but that's not their fault i mean they've got to have the exposure so uh, you know, if we need to do our job and make sure to get it um, for supporting those manufacturers, we got to support it at that
0: grassroots level. I feel like we could probably go down this rabbit hole <laughs> yeah. for probably hours. Um, and maybe maybe in the future, if we can have you come back, I'd love to explore this topic a little bit more because it is something that is, uh, there, there's a lot more depth here than, than what we could probably uncover just in, in our short time here today. Um, although I am going to spin the tables here cause I know we only have a couple minutes left here and, you know, I just wanted to get a chance to get to know you a little bit better and help introduce you to everybody here in South central Pennsylvania. Um, so from a personal standpoint, when you're not working, you know, what do you like to do? Uh, what do you have? Do you have hobbies, activities, things that you like to spend your free time on?
1: Absolutely. Uh, ton of stuff I like to
0: do. I love to travel. Um,
1: we're a boating family. We've been boating for, you know, 20 years, um, I'm a water skier, I'm a snow skier, um, a scuba diver. Uh, I, I love to read. So, yeah, I, I would say if I had to pick a favorite, if I can combine traveling and boating together, uh, you know, and, and that's probably the, the, the pinnacle. Um, so yeah, I, lots of things I like to do. And if I can be outdoors and enjoying something, uh, especially with family, that's, uh, that's the ideal situation.
0: Well, from southwestern Pennsylvania, I mean, you you probably were pretty much in heaven when it comes to those types of activities. I mean, there's so many great outdoor places. Um, I know Deep Creek Lake is right out there. Um, so I can only imagine. Now, we've got a few here. We can't probably compare to some of those, but we've got some great, great trails, mountains, and lakes here in south central PA too. Hey, The whole world of uh,
1: nature is good. So I look forward to exploring <laughs> it and finding all the the hidden spots are the places I don't know about yet. So that's, that's part of the fun of a new challenge and new opportunities is all these things you get to, get to learn. Uh, it's time to learn the local knowledge now.
0: <laughs> now, you mentioned you, you, you do like to do this as a family. You have family. Uh, did they come with you to the York area?
1: Well, both my kids are in college. So um, they're already out. Um, one's in nursing school and the other is at Florida State in Air Force ROTC. Um, so, you know, my kids like the sun as well. So, one was in Arizona and one was in uh, Florida. So, <laughs> uh, and my wife actually is still in Southwestern PA. Uh, she is an educator, actually, a uh, principal um, of an elementary school. So, we will hope to um, join forces again in South Central PA, uh, but she's also a, a busy uh, Professional with a great career, so she has to find the right opportunity as well. But yeah, long term, that's what we'd like to do. So one one step at a time, one step at a time.
0: And it's not really that far apart. I mean, oh no, no, a couple hours you're you're back home or vice versa. So it's
1: ex- exactly right. It's exactly everyone's like, oh, it's really far. I'm like, well, if you commute thirty minutes a day every day, I just commute a couple hours, you know, one day a week. That's all right. <laughs> not a problem.
0: <laughs> and the commute is you most likely you probably take a very scenic route. So it's probably quite beautiful. Absolutely. Um, well, I know we're, we're right up about where, where our time is for today. So I have a couple of real quick uh, questions I'd like to pose rapid fire before we wrap up here. Okay. Um, we call this our I heart Yoko triple trivia. Okay. And, <laughs> and basically your County kind of economic Alliance, we have, um, a motto here that is I heart Yoko or I love Yoko, kind of like the, the old I heart New York kind of logo. So we have three questions that are geared towards each part of that logo, one for the eye, one for the heart and one for Yoko. So uh, we'll start off with the first question and it says that for the eye in I heart Yoko, finish this sentence and tell us why you picked this response. So the superhero or supervillain that I think is most like me is? Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm more of a Marvel than DC guy.
1: So I'm going to go with Iron Man. And for no other reason, that's a guy with uh, manufacturing in his core. He's got serious STEM and and, uh, trade skills. So we're going to go with Iron Man on that one.
0: I love it. I love it. That is a great answer. (laughs) Stark Industries, baby. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh. Good one. Very good response. All right. So number two, though, is a little bit more tricky. Um, And you probably know that South South Central Pennsylvania and and York County in particular is affectionately referred to as the snack food capital of the U.S. Uh, And I'm sure that even in Southwestern Pennsylvania, we're very familiar with many of the products from from our hometown here. So what is your favorite Yoko snack? do you go for the bag of Snyder's sourdough pretzels or the Uts potato chip?
1: Okay, so I told you I was on a school board for 12, you know, 12 years. So I have some political experience. Those are both potential clients of Mantec. So on Monday and Wednesday and Fridays, we love sourdough pretzels. On Tuesday, Thursdays and Saturdays, we love those Uts chips and we'll take Sunday off. So that's gonna be my answer to that one. <laughs>
0: Good answer. Good answer. Way to balance that out. Perfect. Because especially since in reality, they're they're both delicious and you can't pass either one of them up. Can't so. go
1: wrong either way, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> All right. Last question. So for the Yoko part in our motto, um, what is... The, your favorite uniquely Yoko activity or tradition that you have either experienced so far or that you have heard about and are looking forward to. And that could be something like attending a York Revolution baseball game or uh, visiting the York Heritage Rail Trail or Street Rod Weekend, something along those lines. Okay, well, I've actually
1: been to a couple of Rebs games, so they're very cool. Uh, I've experienced the Central Market House in downtown, which is also really cool. Um, but I have to tell you, I'm really looking forward to Harley Davidson Bike Night. I think that is a distinctly Yoko thing that I'm really I'm really looking forward to to that experience. So that's the one I'm as soon as I see it, that's the one on the
0: that's going on the calendar. Bike night is gonna be better than ever this year. So we're we're definitely looking forward to that. And uh, I wanna thank you once again for joining us here today and taking some time. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to
1: Uh, really sinking my teeth into the area and being a part of the manufacturing uh, ecosystem of South Central PA.
0: Well, thank you so much, Bruce Knoll, President and CEO of ManTech. We were glad to have you with us. We look forward to having you back. Hopefully, maybe we can talk about that workforce development topic. Anytime. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks.